In the Gospel reading, Jesus sends out the 72 to gather the harvest. Let us stand for the reading of the Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 10th chapter. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide. For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it would be more bearable in the judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Last week, uh, we thought about freedom, Christian freedom, and how, how Christians are free. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. St. Paul wrote, for freedom Christ has set us free, and we found last week that Christian freedom is experienced in obedience. It sounds crazy. But that is exactly right. Christian freedom is found in obedience. That freedom, freedom is not doing whatever you want. Because oftentimes when you act in freedom, you do stupid stuff. And for Christians, freedom is experienced in being obedient, obedient to the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments set you free. Obedient to the teachings of Jesus. The teachings of Jesus sets you free. Obedience to the Holy Spirit, who throughout the New Testament shows us God's will. And 
just as a kite is free when it's at the end of a string, and just as a train is free when it's on the tracks, in the same way, a Christian is free when he or she is obedient to the will of God. Because to be free is to be what God designed you to be. Now today we celebrate a different kind of freedom. We celebrate the freedom of our country from England in the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That happened 240 years ago tomorrow. It was a great day for Washington and Jefferson, for John Quincy Adams and, and Madison and, and, and all the rest of them. They were free. They, they broke their ties from England. And we celebrate that because that's the establishment of our country. And by the way, the, the signing of the Declaration of Independence was the beginning of the war for independence because the British were not very happy about it, that we were leaving them. This is the place where the preacher is supposed to say, God bless America. But as I've told you before, I have some minority opinions about some things. And when people say, God bless America, I ask the question, why? Why should God bless America? I don't, I don't know. The United States, America, all of Western civilization is becoming more and more secular. Western civilization is not, is not coming closer to God. It is becoming further and further away from God. It is not becoming obedient under God. It is becoming more and more disobedient. And God does not bless disobedience. God blesses obedience. And if our country would like to God to bless our country, then we need to move towards, towards obedience. However, God does, does bless America through folks like us. The work we do in the community is an extension of the love and the grace of God. And through the programs that this church and other churches run, God indeed does bless America. Now when they signed the Declaration of Independence, they, they didn't establish a democracy. They established a republic. Now, I've heard people make this distinction before, and I looked it up. I think this is the difference. A democracy is the rule of the majority. And the minority, well, they, they don't count. A republic is the rule of law, where the, the country is run by laws and not by the will of the majority. The Pledge of Allegiance says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. We've lived in a lot of countries. I'm glad I live in this one. Our Lord Jesus Christ, however, did not talk about democracy. Our Lord Jesus Christ did not talk about republics. Jesus talked about kingdoms. Jesus talked about exactly what the founding fathers were trying to get away from. Jesus talked about kingdoms. He talked about the kingdom of God. Again and again, 
In fact, the whole, all the teachings of Jesus are about the kingdom of God. He said the kingdom of God is like a little seed that sprouts and it grows. He said the kingdom of God is like, is like a, a little bit of yeast in a lump of dough. And it, has, it, it grows and it has influence. He said, seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And in the kingdom of God, you don't get to vote. There are no referenda. God doesn't ask your opinion. It's a kingdom. Now, in, 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 a, in a country like ours, you, we, we, the, the, leader, the leader governs. In the kingdom, the king rules. And Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. But what we discover about the kingdom of God is that as people are obedient, they're free. And Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. I want to take you back to last week's Bible readings from the ninth chapter of, of, um, of Luke. Jesus, in the, at the end of the ninth chapter of Luke, Jesus decides, decided to go to Jerusalem and he was going to go there, and he was going to die. He knew that. Jesus gave up all rights to himself. Jesus gave up his right to live. Now, in the Declaration of Independence, it says, we have the right to life. Jesus said, I have no right to live. And when he gave up his right to live, it freed him up to die. As he was on his way to Jerusalem, he met people. And he met a young man and he said, I want you to follow me, like Jared here. Jesus came and said, I, I want you to follow me. Well, that's, that's wonderful. Now, Jesus, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going to die. You want to go along? <laughs> and the young man said, well, yeah, I, I want to go, but look. First, my dad just died. I just want to go and bury my father. I'll be right with you. And Jesus said, let the dead bury their own dead. As for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God takes precedent over every family responsibility. Then someone else came and raised his hand and said, Look, Lord, I want to, I, I will follow you, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said, No one who puts his hand to the plow and turns and looks backward is fit for the kingdom of God. When you join the kingdom of God, you cannot look backward. You ever notice that you cannot drive forward looking backwards? How many of you came from farms and, and, and plowed fields? Have you ever noticed that when you're plowing a field and if you look backward, you know what your furrow looks like? When you're plowing, and I've never plowed, but when you plow, you, you look at that fence post way off in the distance, right? And you plow toward it. And you don't look at where you came from. You look at where you're going. And Jesus said, in the kingdom of God, you don't look backward. You don't look back at your family. The kingdom of God is so important that you just look ahead to what you're going to do. Now, in today's Bible reading, 
Jesus sends out 35 teams of men to go and prepare the way for him as he's on, on his way to Jerusalem. Now imagine this now. Say, well, we'll take you guys. Uh, you two can go, and you guys can go. He sends out 35 teams of people. They've only been with him a couple of years. But he sends them out to preach, to teach, and to heal, to prepare his way. And listen to this now. Oh, by the way, he says, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Sheep don't do very well amongst wolves, do they? But that's how I'm sending you out. He said, whenever you enter a house, whenever you enter a town, and as people welcome you, eat what is set before you, cure the sick who are there, and say to them, say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. So as these people make their way into homes, just their very presence brings the kingdom of God. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go into the streets and say, even the dust of your, the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe it off and protest. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near you. That is to say, whether people accept these disciples or not, just by their coming, the kingdom of God has come near to them. When I was growing up in Brooklyn, in the summer, the ice cream man used to come near us. How many people remember the ice cream man? Do they still come around? The ice cream man in Brooklyn, they had, they had a, a, a three-wheel effect, two big wheels in the front and a little wheel in the back, and they pedaled it like a, like a bicycle, right? And he had a bell. And when he rang his bell, people would come out of the buildings and buy ice cream. Now, not everybody came and bought ice cream. But the coming of the ice cream man meant that there is the possibility to buy ice cream. Not everybody bought, but a lot of people bought because, because the ice cream man had come near you. And Jesus said, when, when my disciples come near you, the kingdom of God comes near you. I remember growing up, going to Bible camp, spending all week at camp and, and learning about Jesus and, and being challenged to be a Christian, being challenged to give my life to Jesus Christ. And in those weeks at Bible camp, the kingdom of God came near me. The kingdom of God came near all of us. Now, not everybody bought ice cream. Not everybody listened. But to those who listened, it made a profound impact on their lives. The kingdom of God has come near us today, in this place, right now. Around the world, in, in countless churches, in the Bible reading, in the singing of hymns, in the prayers, in the sermon, the kingdom of God comes near. Now, it doesn't affect you profoundly in every Sunday. But I would guess that most people can think of a, of a Sunday in church 
where something happened in a profound way. It oftentimes happens to me that people show up at church for worship on a Sunday morning, and when it's all over, they say, Pastor, what you said was exactly what I needed to hear. And the kingdom of God comes near us, comes near us today. Now, not everybody buys ice cream. I've had people sit in the church like this. I dare you. I dare you to get through to me. I dare you to try to make your gospel touch my life. I dare you to. I've seen it. It happened. Usually they've been, they've been coerced into coming by their husband or wife and they don't want to be there. St. Paul was like that, right? He didn't want to hear. And it took a vision of Jesus Christ to get him to buy ice cream and commit his life into Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God comes near now. The kingdom of God comes near in an encouraging word. The kingdom of God comes near when a friend comes to you and prays. The kingdom of God comes near in a hug, in a touch, in a telephone call. The kingdom of God comes near in all kinds of things we do for one another. And the kingdom of God has come near in the establishment of this church. The establishment of this church, I characterize the establishment of this church as, as a quiet Pentecost. As we're going around and visiting in your homes, again and again, I hear people say how marvelous it is that this church came into being. Is, I would say that before this church came into being, you were adrift. Is that right? You were adrift. You didn't know what to do for your Sundays. You didn't know where to find Christian fellowship. And then something happened. And people came together. It appears to be spontaneous, but it was not spontaneous at all. It was the kingdom of God coming close to you and the Holy Spirit came and touched many, many lives to bring this church into being. We, you, participate in a miracle. In the establishment of this Christian congregation, we are all participate, participants in this marvelous miracle of the kingdom of God suddenly came near to all of us. In 49 years in ministry, I have never ever seen the level of commitment and dedication and people raising their hand and saying, I'll do that, I'll do that. It's, it's incredible. It's miraculous. It's not spontaneous whether you know it or not. The Spirit of God has been working here and the Holy Spirit has come. Jesus said, no one who sets his hand to the plow and looks back is worthy of the kingdom of God. And one of the things I've noticed in the establishment of this church, there is very little looking backward. 
there's just a lot of looking forward because you can't plow a straight furrow and you can't bring in the kingdom if you're looking backward all the time. And in us, the kingdom of God has come near. And now in the establishment of our church, the kingdom of God has come near to the Hacienda restaurant. <laughs> and it's come near to the, to the businesses up and down the sidewalk here. And it's come near to this athletic club across the street. And it's come near to this whole, this whole area. We planted our flag here. And through what we do here, the kingdom of God comes to many people. And in the years to come, people come through these doors, wherever the doors are, I don't know where the doors are going to be, but wherever the doors are, when people come through these doors, the kingdom of God will come near to them. Through our witness, and through our work, and through our faithfulness. And our prayer for all of this is simply this. Lord, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Through Emmanuel, 